This episode of Full Armor Radio is brought to you by CR101 Radio Network. CR101 Radio Network is a Christian reconstruction internet radio station that hosts and broadcasts lectures, sermons, and podcasts 24-7. You can learn more at CR101Radio.com. We're also brought to you by GCS Apprenticeship Program, which is dedicated to training the next generation of Christian teachers so they can own and operate successful and profitable Christian schools. You can learn more at gcsapprenticeship.com. And now to the show. Hello and welcome to Full Armor Radio. This is Evangelism Encounters, the sub-series under Full Armor Radio. In this episode, we'll be sitting in on a conversation with a guy who professes to be a Christian, but very quickly we learn that he doesn't hold to any Christian teachings. Makes you wonder, do you have anybody like this in your church? And if you say no, how do you know? Definitely food for thought. Hope you enjoy. Oh, and one more thing. Just a quick disclaimer, uh, near the end of this conversation, I did edit out a few minutes where I was kind of rambling on uh, the arguments why Christianity must be true and why all other religions must be irrational, uh, but it was just kind of a repeat of what I already said in the earlier part of the conversation, and I thought I'd clean it up a little bit. Anyway, hope you enjoy. believe, like, concerning, like, what will happen to you after you die, or like the afterlife type thing. Mm-hmm. What do you believe about that? What will happen to you after you die? Uh, it's pretty hard. Uh, I'm not really sure. I mean, I'm Christian, so I guess I would believe in heaven. No. But you never really know, so that's the hardest part. Do you believe, do you believe the Bible is God's word? I'm a man of science, even though that's a rare breed in the Christian community. And uh, so... Like, because I, I don't know, it's kind of, it's like a slippery slope, really. Okay. Since, because I, I believe in, you know, I don't believe in creation. Okay. I the creation story is weird. And what, after actually what happens when we die is uh, different. I think we make like a heaven in our minds, because I don't know, like, like your where your soul physically leaves your body Mm -hmm. I might believe in like uh, where your mind likes it makes a heaven for you basically so you believe in the existence of God though yeah you do so to to back to the question do you think the Bible is God's word is that a a no on that or or yes Uh, no I think the Bible is bullshit it's what the bullshit okay so you don't think it's God's word no okay so, let's talk about a little bit about, about worldviews. Do you know what a worldview is? Uh, no, you can't explain it to me. Okay, worldview is kind of like this. We all live in the same world, right? We all have the same universe that we live in that we can observe our Earth and so on and so forth. But we all um, interpret it through our worldview. Like our worldview lenses, kind of like glasses. If I wore glasses with, with red lenses in them, I would see everything in a shade of red. Right. Yeah. If you wear glasses with blue lenses, let me see everything in a shade of blue, mm-hmm. right? But we have the same Earth, but we're all everything that we observe is filtered through our worldview lens. Yeah. We so interpret it. Yeah. Right. So I guess you. So you're not a creationist. You're are you an evolutionist, a Darwinist. Uh, yeah, but not really. You know. What <laughs> do you mean, not really? Uh, I believe in evolution, but it's. Uh, I don't know if we. Bacteria. Or 
because none of it's like hard facts. Right. Because it's not observable. Yeah. So, I don't really know what I believe, you know, in the middle. I don't believe in like, there we are, you know? Okay. Where a guy was like, boom, there's people. So why don't you believe that? It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen now? Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I, but talking about creating all things, obviously it already exists now, but so you don't yeah. believe he created things. He might have started things, okay. but I don't think he like created things instantly like that. Mm-hmm. I think he might have created things through evolution. So, so why don't you think he created things instantly? Uh, there's not a lot of things that happen instantly in the world. Uh-huh. So it doesn't really make sense because I like to think of things that are tangible. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I find it hard to believe that things that just instantly start appearing, and like things start happening. And so I believe that he can create things through um, like ways we could understand, I think. Okay. And a way the world actually would work mm-hmm. instead of making things like mythical and magical. <laughs> well, see, well, God, be, God by nature is, is supernatural. He's yeah, not. and we're not supposed to understand him. Well, I, I wouldn't say that. But I'd say that supernatural things are not bound by natural laws, mm-hmm. right? So creating things, you know, just because it's not the way we do things doesn't yeah. mean it's impossible, right? That's true. Yeah, I mean, God, it's not really a problem for God to create things out of nothing, is it? Because he's able to do that. Mm-hmm. He's almighty. Do you believe in the Big Bang? No. Uh, I don't know. You know I don't think so. Yeah, well... But I, just, I mean, it is a theory... Yeah, I think the problem with the Big Bang is that it's saying that nothing created everything. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, nothing can't become something, can it? Um, that doesn't follow logically. No. That nothing is something. Yeah, I don't really... Uh, who came... Didn't um, Stephen Hawking come up with the Big Bang? I'm not sure who came up with it, actually, but I know it's pretty prominent. It's one of the most popular yeah. beliefs. Right. But I don't know if I believe in the Big Bang. I would say it's irrational to believe in the Big Bang because you're really believing in that nothing created everything or that the universe created itself. Mm-hmm. But something can't create itself because it has to exist before it can create itself. Mm-hmm. See? And but, that's where like God comes in and he, he had, has always existed. So that's yeah, a, eternal. Right. Yeah, and then you talk about like things like way... Outside of time even, yeah. yeah. So he's, he's, he's eternal. The universe is not eternal at the beginning. So it can't come from nothing. It has to be creative. And we know that. I mean, look around us. We have a creation. You have to have a creator mm-hmm. as well. Just like if you have a building, you have to have a builder, you know. So my question is then, again, back to it. Why don't you believe the, the creation account in Genesis in the Bible? Uh, people, the thing about the Bible is that uh, Christianity wasn't the first religion, and uh, the creation story isn't the first story. That like the creation story in the Bible isn't the first story that had that uh, story in it. If that makes sense, did I say that right? I guess. So it kind of it, it feels like it kind of borrowed that story from other religions, or that it could have happened and then uh, to the way it was witnessed and written down was different. And it could spark two different religions. That's like another thing. Uh, but there's a lot of stories like in the Bible that go across other religions. And mm-hmm. so, what were you interviewing about? 
We're talking about the afterlife to begin oh, with. Yeah. Now we're just talking about <laughs> oh, worldviews. Okay. So, um, but continue. Go ahead, continue. So you think the Bible's false because other religions have similar stories in them? No, I think that might that that part's true. But people are prone to lie. And what part's true? Sorry. The the parts where it's uh, where multiple people have written it down in different texts. Uh huh. Where multiple people have observed the same thing and then they written it down. I think that might part might be true. Uh-huh. Other than the creation story, I think that might be a metaphor for uh, how things actually started. Well, the creation story in Genesis is not written in figurative language. It's not written like poetry or yeah. metaphorically. It's written as history, actually. The whole book of Genesis is written in a, hist- in a historical genre. So it really comes down to this, then, doesn't it? Is the Bible the word of God or is it? It's because... The question of the origin of all things is actually a historical question, isn't it? I mean, something that happened in the past that no one was there to observe. So it's more than just a historical question. It's actually a religious historical question. The only person who could answer how things were created is the person who created it. That's true. Right? Yeah. So we have to say, well, is God telling us here in Genesis or isn't he? Because he'd be the only one to tell us. So the, the claim of the Bible is that God told, specifically in this case, Moses, and Moses read it down in Genesis. That's the claim. Mm-hmm. And that's the claim of the whole Bible is that God has given these, um, given these texts in the Bible through inspiration to these various authors, you know, from Moses to David to, to uh, Apostle Paul or yeah. John, so on and so forth. So what I want to argue with you is this, if you can track with me is that if you reject the Bible and the Christian worldview, you're going to be reduced to being irrational in your worldview. Okay? Okay. So, let me ask you this. So if you, you and I would probably agree it would be immoral for somebody just to come up here and shoot one of these students and murder them. Would that be immoral? Yeah. That'd be wrong, right? So why would it be wrong from your worldview? It's not okay to kill people. Yeah. So why not? That's the question. Oh, why not? Is it, why isn't it okay to kill people? Yeah. Because everybody, we're conscious beings, and to take someone else's consciousness away from them is wrong, in my opinion. So that's kind of still begging the question, though. It's saying, why is that wrong to do that? Okay. Uh, I don't really know. Yeah. See, do you know what the word arbitrary means? You can explain it. Yeah. <laughs> arbitrary means... Might you, as well, yeah, understand yeah. it completely. Arbitrary means you believe something without a reason. Okay. Okay, so if I, if I just throw something random out there and say, believe it, well, you should say, well, why should I believe that? <laughs> you know, give me a reason. So I just asked you a basic moral question. Why is it wrong to murder? And what I'm saying is that you're going to be reduced to being arbitrary. What is it because it hurts other people? So that's still begging the question. Why is it wrong to hurt other people? Why is it hurting other people? And why is it wrong to hurt other people? I don't know. Why would you want to hurt other people? It's a moral issue, I guess. That's my question. I see. Well, you're reduced to saying, well, it's wrong because it's just wrong, right? Yeah. That's being arbitrary. Uh Uh-huh. Meaning there's really no reason for me to believe that. Now, how would I answer the question from a Christian worldview? Why is it wrong to murder? Because it tells you not to. Yeah, because God, the creator of human beings, has has his moral law. One of them is you shall not murder. So I have actually an authority to appeal to. But if I reject that God exists or reject the Bible, I'm actually just going to have to be irrational and arbitrary and saying there's no reason to believe it, I just believe it. Blind faith arbitrariness. We shouldn't yeah. murder because we shouldn't murder. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's bad. It's really bad. Is it? Oh, yeah. 
Because think about it. Do you want to be irrational? Mm, maybe. To you? <laughs> so, so, see if I argued like this. If I said, you know, God's real, creation is true, the Bible is true, just because it is, would you be convinced? Uh, no. Right, because I haven't given you any well, reason. The way I, it's more of like the way people are raised, I guess. Well, it's it the way they believe things. Well, that's that's somewhat true, but it really has nothing to do with whether it's true or not. Yeah, you, well, you, it has nothing, yeah. Yeah, so just you have to give a reason to believe something or else it's irrational. Because if you don't have a reason, you're being unreasonable. If you don't have a rationale, you're being irrational. But can I just say religion's personal? What do you mean it's personal? It doesn't really matter by, if it means anything. If it means something to you, that's what matters. But I'm saying that Christianity is not just a personal thing I get to keep to myself. It's actually a claim about the reality of creation of the whole world. I'm saying it's, a, it's an objectively true thing. That's the claim mm-hmm. of the Bible. Is they claim, and basically, is that God created all things. That's one of the claims. Meaning that it is relevant to you if it's true. Yeah. Right? So I'm saying if you reject the claim that the, what the Bible says is the Word of God, then you're reduced to just being arbitrary when it comes to things such as morality, for example. Well, let me give you one more example. Okay. Tonight, you're going to brush your teeth, squeeze a tube with toothpaste, you expect toothpaste to come out, right? Mm-hmm. Why do you expect toothpaste to come out when you squeeze a tube with toothpaste tonight? Because it's done it before. Right. It's always been that way in the past. Now, think about me on track with me. That form of reasoning that you just gave, most people would give that answer. It's actually committing a logical fallacy of begging the question. Begging the question is a fallacy where you just assume the thing you're supposed to be proven. What you're assuming there is that nature it remains uniform in the past and in the future. Let me give you an example to show the fallacious nature of their argument. If I told you, hey man, I'm never going to die in the future. And you said, okay, give me reason to believe that. And I say, well, I've never died in the past. I'm arguing from the past to the future, saying the future will resemble the past. Mm-hmm. We are saying that nature will remain uniform in the future because it always has in the past. But it's a fallacy to reason that way. It's not a sound reason to say that nature will remain uniform, that laws of physics will continue in the future as they have in the past. And the thing is, we function every second assuming that the future, that, that laws of nature will continue, right? I mean, we couldn't function without that assumption that gravity will continue. You're, yeah. not, you're not concerned that you're going to start flying up towards the sky. You're not concerned that this bench will turn into something other than a bench. Mm-hmm. But you expect nature to be uniform. I'm saying you have no reason to believe nature will be uniform in the future. Yeah, you can't base things on the past. Yeah, it's a fallacy. It's not a sound reason. Okay. So I'm saying you just accept it arbitrarily for no reason by blind faith true yeah so why as a Christian do I believe nature will be uniform in the future as it was in the past similar to the other answer is that God in the Bible has said I put uniformity in nature he says there will be day and night seasons and so on and so forth is uniform we can, we can always say that the earth will rotate it's going to be day and night and so on and so forth mm-hmm. because we have an authority that can promise that to us if you reject that authority, then you're reduced again to arbitrariness and irrationality. But if you accept that the Bible is the word of God, you can actually account for the uniformity of nature and these moral absolutes that we all believe in. We shouldn't go around and just punch people in the gut or murder people. We shouldn't do that. But a reason that you know that is because you're living in God's world, created by Him, and He gave you a conscience. Romans chapter 2 and Romans chapter 1, actually. Cool. So I'm saying... Even if you reject it, even if you reject the Bible as God's word, you're still actually living inconsistently with your own worldview. You're actually living in the sense that God is real. When you say we shouldn't murder, 
saying nature's going to be uniform. The future will resemble the past when it comes to laws of nature. Okay. So I'm saying the Bible must be true because if you reject it, you're reduced to irrationality. The Bible's truth yeah. is impossible for it not to be true. Because if it wasn't true, there'd be no rational basis for any of these things. I guess I do believe the Bible. Okay. You got me there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what it comes down to, again, is when you talk about creation, is that in the Christian worldview, it's no problem. Logically, to say, okay, God created all things. He's Almighty God. Not a problem. It's not, doesn't, it's not illogical, right? Because he's God. Same thing with miracles. A lot of people say, well, the Bible's ridiculous because it has miracles in it. That's because their worldview doesn't allow for miracles. But if their worldview is atheistic, it's irrational. It can't account for anything. It can't account for morality or uniformity of nature. Yeah. But see, if you have a Christian worldview that says, okay, well, God is real. He gave his word. It's really not a problem for God to do miracles, is it? Because he's God. <laughs> you know? He's supernatural. He's all-powerful. Yeah. See, if you reject that, of course, it seems weird because miracles don't happen. That's kind of the, the nature of miracles. They're unusual and rare, and they defy the laws of nature. Mm -hmm. See? So, it's not irrational to believe in miracles or in creation because God is real. He's the one who told us these things. We have an authority. The only person who could tell us where things came from is the person who, who was there. God. Yeah. You weren't there. I wasn't there. Moses wasn't there. Nobody was there. He was creating people. Mm -hmm. created Adam and Eve. But they weren't there before that either. So he's the one who said, this is how I did it. He tells us. Okay? Now, if this is important... Not just so much that you're creationist, that's important, but there's a more important thing. So if you die, you stand before God, and he, and he asks you, why should I let you into heaven? How would you answer that question? Well, you shouldn't. Yeah. So why not? Because I don't think anybody deserves to be in heaven. Yeah, you're right. But why not? Because what are we done? Because none of us are perfect. Right. So how is it then that anybody can go to heaven then? Because you're right, the standard is perfection. We've all failed. We're all guilty of breaking his law. How is it that anybody can go to heaven then? Because he's forgiven us. Okay. But how's he, <laughs> how's he forgiven us though? Because if I went to the courtroom and I said, I murdered five people and I robbed six banks, and the judge says, that's okay. That'd be bad, wouldn't that? Be a corrupt yeah. judge. So how is it that God can be just, but also give us mercy? That we accept that he's there? Would that be... No, and I, that, again, that really wouldn't be enough. He says, well, you, you believe I exist? That's great, I'll let you go. That's All not right. enough either, because that's not really dealing with the well, problem. I don't really... I don't know. I don't know how people get in heaven. Well, let me tell you. So you do have to believe God exists. That's pretty crucial. Mm -hmm. But it's much more than that. So we have this problem, like, you know, none of us deserve to go to heaven. You know why? Because we ever lied before? Yeah. Me too. So we're liars. You and I. Yeah. You ever looked at a girl with lust? Yeah. Me too. So we're adulterers in our heart, according to Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, ever stolen anything of any amount in your life? Yep. Yeah, me too. So we're thieves. We can go on and on. Mm -hmm. We've broken all his laws. So we're guilty. Yeah. And God has to bring justice. So how is it that he can show mercy to us is that he sent Jesus to take the penalty in the place of sinners who trust in him. So our sins will be punished one way or the other, because justice demands it either on your back or my, in my back mm -hmm. or on Jesus's instead. You see... If I went into the courtroom and I said, Judge, I broke all these laws, I did rob banks and such, but try to be a good person, he's not going to let me go. He said, I don't care how good a person you try to be, you still broke all the laws, you know? You're yeah. going to get punished, you're going to do justice, you're going to do justice here. Well, God's the same way, you can't just let us go. So justice has to be dealt out, and it can be dealt out either on your mirror or on Jesus. So we had that problem of we're going to be guilty, we're going to be punished, we're going to go to hell. 
but Jesus can bear that penalty. The place he can take justice on our behalf. We didn't keep the law, as we already admitted, but Jesus did keep the law. And he can transfer that law-keeping, that righteous law-keeping, to our account. So do you know what you have to do in order to receive this salvation that Jesus accomplished? You would have to accept him your heart, yeah, we'll be more specific and more what the Bible you says. Be saved? Yeah. How, how are we saved is the question. And the qu- answer in the Bible is two things. You need to repent and believe in mm. Jesus. You know what repentance means? Go ahead. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Repentance is, is a couple things. It's not only admitting that you did wrong. Okay, so admitting, God, your standard is really high. It's righteous and I have violated it. I'm a sinner. I broke the law. It's also hating that sin. It's like, I'm so sorry. I hate that sin that I do these things. I know it's a violation of your standards. That's repentance. Faith, the second thing, is not only knowing when Jesus died on the cross to take the penalty for sinners. It's not only knowing that, but also transferring your trust from yourself to Jesus. So if you and I are on an airplane, and the airplane's going to crash down, and I say, dude, we're going to have to jump. And your idea is to jump out and flap your arms. I think that will get you down safely. It's a really bad idea, right? It's pretty dumb. Yeah. So I'd say, no, don't trust in yourself. Put on the parachute and trust your life to the parachute, something that can actually save you. You're entrusting yourself to the Savior, in that case, the parachute. So faith is like that, transferring your trust from yourself to Jesus. Instead of trusting and saying, well, I think I've done pretty good. I think I'm a good person. Say I'm not a good person, and I can't earn heaven. But Jesus can accomplish it and earn it for me, and I trust that what he did will count for me. So if God were to ask me, why should I let you into heaven? I would say, well, I haven't earned for myself a place in heaven. I've actually earned for myself a place in hell. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. My wage, my paycheck for sinning, what I've earned is death. But I say the free gift that you offer, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, I can say, well, I trust that what Jesus did, his keeping the law for me and his taking the penalty for my sins, I trust that that will count for me in my place. And therefore, you can accept me, not on my works, but on his works. It's a a transfer. He's treated as if he was the sinner and punished for it, and I'm treated as if I was righteous and blessed for it and accepted for it. But I wasn't righteous. He was righteous for me. He wasn't the sinner. I sinned. You see? Mm -hmm. So it's the transfer of guilt to him and righteousness to me. It's like if I credit to your bank account a million dollars. I earned all of it. You didn't earn a penny of it, but then I transfer it to you. Well, Jesus earned righteousness by keeping the law, and he can transfer it to you through your trust in Christ alone instead of trusting in yourself or trusting him alone for salvation, saying, I have no hope in your salvation except from Jesus. He can take my guilt, my penalty. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Okay. So what do you think about all that? Well, you spelled it out in a different way than I ever thought about it. Yeah. A lot of people have never heard, this is called the gospel, it's what the Bible calls the gospel, it means yeah. good news. Because you know, it's pretty bad news, right? I don't you... think I ever understood it as the way you described it. Yeah. It's, because I, I mean, I've heard it before, mm-hmm. but I've never actually, like, took it into account, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Actually thought about it. Well, as you can see, it's really important. Yeah. Because the reason I want to talk to you about this is because I do care about you. Mm-hmm. I know we just met and all that, but I do care about you. I don't want you to be found guilty and go to hell. But see, if going to heaven depended upon me, I know I would never get into heaven. Do you know why? Yeah, because you need Jesus. Yeah, because if, he, if God's going to judge me on what I've done, I'm going to be found guilty. Yeah. Because he's going to say, okay, you want to see how well you've done? You're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterer, covetous, disobedient to parents, an idolater, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. This whole rap sheet against me, and I'm going to be found guilty and be justly punished in hell 
I don't want that. I know that's true of everybody because everybody you know this too. Everybody's broken these laws. Mm, yeah. But God's been so kind to tell us how we can be saved and to send Jesus to die in the place of sinners. So I'm saying you need, to, you need to really look at this and say, I need to repent. I need to trust in God. Trust in Jesus that his, what he did will count for me and that he'll, he'll be my Savior and save me from the guilt of my sin. The wrath of God against me. God is angry because we're really bad. You know that the Bible says he detests a lying tongue. He finds a lying tongue detestable, abominable, abomination. He hates a lying tongue. So that's Proverbs chapter 6. He hates it. You and I have done that more times than we can count. Couldn't even keep track of how many lies that we've told in our whole lives. He hates that. That's just one law. So you should be concerned. Yeah. You know? I'm saying there's a free gift of salvation that Jesus, that God offers to you. You know, it's just repent and trust in Christ and you'll be saved. You ever, you know, the, you know, the pretty famous Bible verse is John 3.16. Do you know that Bible verse? I know of it. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's this what it says. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus, yep. that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the, that's the summary of what I just told you. Yep. If you trust in Christ, you'll be saved and not go to hell. Mm-hmm. He says right after that, if you don't believe, you're condemned. If you believe, you're saved. John 3, 17 and 18, right after that. He says that. So if you don't believe, you're condemned. You know why? Because you're going to be found guilty. Yeah. But if you do believe, you'll be found righteous because you have Christ's righteousness accredited to your account legally. So God can declare you in the courtroom, I declare you righteous, not guilty, because of what Jesus did. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, By grace, or by gift, by grace you have been saved, through faith. It's not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So he's saying salvation is not something that you can earn. It's not by works. It's not your own doing. It's a gift of God. It's not a result of works, so no one can boast. If I stand before God and say, Well, God, I think you should let me into heaven because I've tried real hard. It's boasting in myself. It's trusting in myself. Mm-hmm. You think that's not how salvation works. If you want to be judged by your works, you're going to be guilty. He's saying, he's saying, trust in Christ, and, and you'll be judged based on Christ's works. And that's perfect. He was perfect. So the standard, like you said earlier, how good do you have to be to get into heaven? Perfect? That standard stands. You have to be perfect. You can't earn perfection, but Jesus did earn perfection. He can credit that perfection to you if you trust him. That's the way he does it. It's a free gift. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I know it makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that you and I have guilt before God. You know that. Mm-hmm. You have a conscience. You know you've done things that are wrong. I have done many things that are wrong, and I still do things that are wrong. That's why I need Jesus. I need my Savior to save me from that. You see? Mm-hmm. One more thing. Jesus said, yeah, I must be born again, or else can I enter the kingdom of heaven. Do you know what it means to be born again? I'm going to go now. Okay. <laughs> this is John chapter 3. He says, you must be born again. But being born again means... I like it when you explain things to me, so... (laughs) Okay, so here we go. So what he meant is that... What what being born again means is that God makes you a new person. He gives you a new heart. He gives you new desires. Other places it's called he makes you a new creation. Or he takes out your heart of stone. He gives you a new heart of flesh. Something that actually Mm. (laughs) is viable. So that means that you're going to have new desires if you're born again. You're going to actually love God. Like, before I was a Christian, I didn't really care. I was indifferent towards God. didn't care. Didn't want to interested in the Bible didn't repent, trust in Christ, didn't care. I like to do what I want to do. I want to keep on doing what, what I like to do, my sins and so on. But then when I was born again, I had a total 180. God changed my heart, gave me new desires to follow after him and to obey him. 
So why is it then, as a Christian, do I do good works if good works don't get me into heaven? I just told you a billion times, good works can't save you. It has to be Christ alone. So why do I do good works then? Why do I strive to obey God? The answer is out of thankfulness to Him for giving salvation as a free gift. See the difference? It's not to earn salvation. It's out of thankfulness mm -hmm. for salvation. And when God makes me born again, He gives me the desire to obey Him out of thankfulness to Him. So how did, the question then you should raise is, how do I know if I'm born again? Well, here's the, here's the answer. You know, Jesus said, say you and I are, are walking along and we see a tree with apples on it. What kind of tree is it? Apple tree. Right, obviously. Jesus said, you know a tree by its fruit, right? Yeah. Well, he applies that to people. He says, you know a person by what kind of fruit they bear in their lives. So you can tell if you're born again if you have a desire to obey God and you've truly repented and trusted in Christ. Those are fruits of being born again. So if God makes you born again, you're going to repent, trust in Christ, and want to obey Him out of thankfulness for salvation. So what you need to concern yourself with is saying, I need to repent, I need to ask God for forgiveness and trust in Christ for my salvation. And you'll know you've truly done that if you have a change of heart and you want to obey and trust in God with your life. That's really, that's really important because He yeah. said you must be born again or else you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You won't go to heaven. When God saves somebody, He makes them born again without fail. Because that's the thing that God does before we repent and believe. So when we repent and believe, that's, you know, we're saved by faith in Christ. So it's very important. So I'm saying, really consider these things, repentance and faith. I tell you these things because I care about you. I don't want you to be saved and not go to hell. You see, if it depended upon you and me, we'd both go to hell. Yeah. That's why it has to depend upon Jesus. Okay? So what do you think? Any questions? I'm definitely going to bring this up Thursday when we go to young adults my church okay <laughs> uh just this interaction yeah in a whole um spelled out th things differently than i thought they were and you beat me down with logic so <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to uh, yeah well that's the way yeah. i like to believe things so today's the day when you repent and trust in christ open that bible and learn about learn about god read the book of romans if you remember that book okay. of romans the new testament teaches all about how to be saved okay book okay. of romans got it yeah, definitely. Right, Thanks well, so much. No problem, dude. You have a great day. Thanks, you too. Maybe I'll see you around again. Yeah, please. Just say hi. I'd love to talk to you again. All right. Bye. Have a great day. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for talking to me. Yeah, you too.